You're listening to The Paul Higgins Show, the place for ambitious tech consultants with purpose. After 18 years as a global sales leader and having a successful tech consulting exit, I'm sharing what's working now to transform emerging tech consultants worldwide into trusted consultants that attract the best clients and deliver measurable results. When you're ready to level up your clarity, results and freedom, begin with the free tech consulting blueprint available at techconsultantsblueprint.com. Imagine this, you've exhausted your network and you know that you need to get something more than referrals because referrals are great. They have a downside and that's predictability. You want to go into the outbound space, but you get so many spammy messages. You don't want to be like them and hurt your brand. Hello, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to episode 505 of the show. In this podcast, we'll explore outbound Masterclass. That's right. You're going to really learn what is best practice in doing outbound. So it gives you confidence around your revenue and your revenue becomes more predictable whilst protecting your brand and most importantly, saving the most valuable asset you have, which is time. Our guest today is Colin Mitchell. He's a four-time founder, passionate about sales, entrepreneurship, and podcasting. Colin's the VP of Leadium, where they get and help sellers personalize the entire sales process to build more rapport and most importantly, close more deals. Connor's also the host of a great podcast called Sales Transformation. He started with nothing, but managed to grow his business from zero to 5 million annual recurring revenue in 26 months. Connor has been in sales for 13 years and he currently manages five salespeople and he gives you a great window into the outbound world. Now, what I'll do is hand you over to Colin Mitchell from Ledium. Great to have you here, Colin. Hey, thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, well, you've packed in a hell of a lot of experience in those 13 years, but why don't we kick off with who you're currently working with, i.e. who's your ideal client and what problems you solve for them? Yeah. So currently VP of sales and managing partner over at Ledium and we help sales teams with two problems. I help them fill their funnel via, you know, outbound done for you as a service or for people who are getting a lot of inbound leads. We handle their inbound lead management as well. So all, you know, top of funnel solutions there. Great. And when you say sales teams, is there any particular verticals, industry size? Yes and no. So pretty much everything we do is B2B. But everything from, you know, small coaching, consulting, all the way up to, you know, large enterprises as well. Right. And and what differs between you know, the smaller end versus the large enterprise? What's the biggest difference you see? Yeah. So usually there's a couple different things. Larger enterprises typically are looking to solve a very specific thing. Like maybe they're trying to tackle a new market. You know, maybe they're a large company that have had a lot of success and they're trying to break into the U.S. market, or sometimes they might be trying to launch a new product, or sometimes they might be trying to, you know, get some traction in a very specific vertical that they never have before. And so typically that's when, you know, enterprise type companies would engage with us. Smaller companies, you know, maybe they don't have time to do outbound. Maybe, you know, they'd rather spend their time on sales calls, you know, servicing clients, or they've never done outbound before and they want us to try to help them, you know, build that for them. Yeah. And look, you know, certainly, you know, we spoke before the show and most of the audience, I probably you haven't done a lot of outbound before, you know, relied on referrals. A lot of you are SaaS partners. So the SaaS platforms sent your work or, you know, like we said, that sort of network. And then they come to a 
growth ceiling, as I call it. And it's like, okay, I've, I've got to go and, and do this. And, and sadly, a lot of people that come to me have been burnt. It's like you get so many messages in your inbox. One day you say, okay, I'm going to try it. And that message <laughs> correlates and you go and do it and it doesn't work, right? So tell me what you guys are doing at Ledium that makes a difference, i.e. why does it work? the clients you work with versus, you know, others. And I know we're not going to talk about the others, but specifically, what, yeah. what do you do to make it work? So a couple of things, we try to vet out potential clients. So we're very big on disqualifying. We actually turn away about 60% of our inbound that wants to work with us because outbound is an acquisition channel. And that's the way you have to think about it. And it doesn't work for everything is the honest answer, right? And there's a lot of agencies out there that'll take, you know, anybody who's willing to pay them. And they typically churn through those clients and, you know, every three to six months. But, you know, on the flip side, there's also clients that have unrealistic expectations or don't have a well-oiled sales process, right? So people always think I need more leads. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's other things in the process that are broken, right? Maybe you need the right leads. Maybe it's that you actually have enough leads, but you're not working them effectively, Right. So you have to kind of unpack that a lot of times. So to answer the question, like outbound doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And so here at Lithium, you know, we try to do that work on the front end to see because the last thing we want to do is do our job and book a bunch of meetings for somebody that ultimately never close because their sales process is broken, which ultimately means the campaign as a whole is not ROI positive and we get fired, even though we did a good job. So we try to really make sure that hey, it's a good fit. In that regard, and also, you know, having clear expectations, right? Because the large enterprise that's, you know, even though they have a big brand and maybe they're well known, if they're going into a new market or a new vertical or launching a new product, that doesn't necessarily mean it's just going to be, you know, able to knock it out of the park. And then on the other side of the spectrum, if it's a small, you know, company that's never done outbound before or doesn't really know who they solve problems for best. Maybe an idea. They haven't really nailed it. Then a lot of times, that's something we're helping them figure out, which takes time and has a lot of value, but also means A/B testing a lot of stuff and changing and pivoting and you know being strategic and trying and testing new things. So those are a couple of things that I think are important when considering. Hey, should I do outbound, and how do I have the right expectations? Yeah, and I, and look, I think that. Iteration and testing. I, I see a lot of people do it for three months. It's the first time they've ever done it. They do it for three months. They don't get results in the first three months because of some of the reasons you mentioned. And then it's like, okay, bang, we're off to someone else. Right. And, yeah. and you, yeah. So if you're disqualifying those people, I think that's really smart. You talked about a well oiled sales process, right? So what are the key fundamentals in a well oiled sales process? When you're disqualifying people, what are you looking for in that disqualification? Yeah. So usually it's like, if they don't know their sales numbers, then that's usually like a big red flag, right? Yeah. You know, how are you getting leads today? You know, what does that lead volume look like? You know, how many are making it from first call to second call? You know, what is your defined sales process if you have one, you know, and then also, you know, how is that sales process mapped out? You know, is it based on deal stage? Is it based on, you know, calls? Is it based on, you know, different things? Is there, you know, specific exit criteria around, you know, how somebody gets from, you know, stage one to stage two and so on. 
So you can kind of get a general sense pretty quickly, just with a few questions. If somebody has a sales process or they're just winging it, which in a lot of cases, you'd be surprised. A lot of folks are just winging it. <laughs> and when you ask them, you know, what close rates are and stuff, uh, you tend to get these very like generic round numbers, 20 <laughs> ish percent or, you know, things like that, where, you know, you should know these numbers really well, if this is, you know, what you do. And so one, it's like identifying, do they have a sales process? What is their you know, sales math? You know, what would success look like? Also, a lot of times when folks are working off of like network and warm referrals, you know, those will close at a higher rate, you know? And so having expectations around, hey, these are outbound. These are, we're getting people to raise their hand, you know, to have a conversation, to learn more that have never heard about you before, may not even know that they have a problem that you can solve for them, right? Those are going to close at a pretty drastic lower rate than, you know, somebody like Paul saying, Hey, you know, I know somebody who could solve that problem for you. They've been doing it for me and teeing up an intro, you know, yes. which you're typically going to close at a very high rate. Totally. And, you know, I think, you know, everyone gets to that sort of gross ceiling where yes, referrals are fantastic, but they're lumpy. They're not consistent and they're not always controllable. Right. So that's why you need to go to the next stage, which is around outbound. But you're right. You've got to have different expectations of what that is. And look, we see in our community of tech consultants, they tend to do email a little less. You know, LinkedIn sort of tends to be the go-to. And I know that you've used AI in the way that you prospect differently to people on LinkedIn. I'd just love for you to explain uh, how that works. Yeah. I mean, I think that for these types of businesses, LinkedIn makes a lot of sense, right? It's a very relationship-driven sales process, right? And I think that, you know, a lot of people have two minds about LinkedIn, right? Because there's the camp of people that don't use LinkedIn properly, yes. where they just connect and pitch everybody. And then there's folks who are, you know, against or for automation. Frankly, I don't care whether you're using automation or not, like, doesn't matter. It's more about the strategy and how you're using it, right? Are you using it as a tool to build your network, you know, build relationships and add value? Or are you just, you know, trying to connect and play a numbers game and sending as many messages as you can and crossing your fingers and hoping for the best? Well, ruining your, you know, name, reputation and you know, everything that's worthwhile and trying to get new business anyway. So yeah, there's a lot of tools that you can use, right? I mean, a lot of the sequencing tools that folks use today, you know, for email have, you know, LinkedIn uh, parts built in as well. And, you know, so some of those are great. There's a lot of tools that can help, you know, create opening lines or icebreakers that are very powerful. And then there's even tools where, you know, you can get insights about these people or even understand their personality as well. Right. So let's first go into the ones that are creating opening lines. Cause I know that, you know, the scripted or the message, however you want to uh, phrase it is one of the most important things. And you're right. Like let's, all assume here that we're doing relationship selling. We're not, you know, just pitching because you don't I always said to people, you know, what you don't like is probably what others don't. Right. So I'll get a bit, you know, I'll see the messages that some of my clients are sending. I'm like, would you open that? Would you reply to that? And the answer is no. It's like, well, don't take it from some generic script that someone's like you said, making money out of selling, you know, just volumes of, of content without any significant results. Don't be in that game, be in the specific relationship game, which is why I really like Ledium and got you on here. So if we go to these scripts, right, and AI in particular helping us with these scripts, just take us through how that may work. Yeah. So I think that number one is, this is a crucial step that a lot of people skip. And it's 
before you even send me messaging. It's who you're sending the messages to. Yes. And a lot of people don't spend enough time on this piece. And it's one of the parts that here at Lydium, we spend a tremendous amount of time before we send any messages or even fine tune any messaging before we put anybody into a sequence. And it's the data part of, you know, who are we going to send these messages to? And so a lot of people do this in a very general, broad way. Well, I can work with, you know, anybody, or I can work with anybody in this industry or any company this size. And you really need to segment that down to a workable size of a list and whatever that looks like. Maybe it's, you know, a specific geography, maybe it's, you know, companies that are hiring for a specific role. Maybe there's certain triggers, like they just had a round of funding or they just hired a specific role. Look for some reasons that would make them, you know, more of an ideal prospect for you to reach out to. And once you get that part nailed, then as much information as you can find out about these people is possible. And you can use AI to do that. You know, you can use ChatGPT or any of the you know millions of tools that are built on GPT now around you know getting intel on these people. You know, what are they talking about on social? Are they active on social? A lot of people send messages to people that aren't even active on social. So I know that you had mentioned a lot of your audience, you know, spend a lot of time on LinkedIn based on the fact of what what it is that they do and, and that it's a very relationship-driven sales process. Yes. Well, why would you waste sending a message to somebody who doesn't spend any time on that platform? Yes. So you can use tools today to find out, is this person active? Like, have they posted in the last 30 days? What did they post about? Things like that. How many times have they posted in the last 30 days, right? So people that are more active on there, you're going to have a higher chance of them even you know, accepting and responding to a message in the first place. So just target those people if that's the only channel you're, you're sending out bound on. And are you just um, using Sales Navigator or are you using additional tools above Sales Navigator that gives you that data? No, there's other AI tools, you know, there's tools like clay, there's tools like, you know, even Humantic who gives you personality will tell you if they're active or social. I mean, there's just so many of them now. It's just, it's hard to not have, you know, sales tech overwhelm, you know, with all of the tools that are coming out that are, you know, built around GPT. And even if you just use like ChatGPT and you have like the premium, like there's a lot of stuff you can do there of really, you know, tailoring a message specific for a person, you know, it can, you know, GPT-4, you can, you know, you can view, you know, websites and you can do a lot of other things that, you know, you couldn't do before where it has a lot more capabilities. So the more you know about this person, and you could also do this manually, right? You could spend, you know, five minutes or three minutes researching a person before you send them a message. Like if your outbound volume does not need to be very high for you to, you know, hit the type of numbers that you need to hit, then maybe you don't need to have a bunch of tools. Like you can spend five minutes. It, you know, that's the way I used to do it before a lot of these tools became available. I would never do it that way today yes. because it's a royal waste of time for me but you don't need to have the tools to pull this off either. Yeah. And, and the great thing with, you know, like you said, with four now, I think it's, you know, it's 20 US a month to get ChatGDP or like it's hugely inexpensive for the value and the time that you save. So I think that's brilliant. Now you mentioned Humatic AI, which I know you, you worked there for a period and I've used the tool briefly, but it seems to be around, you know, someone's disk profile based on their personality. Just give us a little bit of a snapshot of how you may use a tool like a Humatic AI. Yeah. So there's a few tools, you know, similar to Humantic. I was the head of sales there for a while. Crystal Nose is one that's been around a little bit longer. And there's a few others that have popped up, you know, a couple that are like more enterprise, but it allows you to understand the personality of these people. 
Now you could also hack this together, you know, using GPT by, you know, visiting people's profiles and seeing their communication styles and how they structure things. But ultimately it's, you know, to identify their personality type, which means, you know, what they care about, what they don't and how you should communicate. So an example of that would be, you know, a dominant type personality. That's somebody you need to get straight to the point. So short messaging, straight to the point and align with their goals. That's all they care about. So your messaging should be focused on that. A more relationship-driven person, opening line, rapport, right? So for example of that, you know, when you hop on a Zoom with them, you might ask them how their weekend is, how their day, you might see them in their background, stuff like that, right? Well, even in your opening line of your messaging, right? You might use some intel or some research that you found, saw a post that they put out, saw a podcast that they were on, right? You would use that with those type of people where more of a dominant personality, like maybe it's nice, but like they literally don't care about that. If you can't be straight to the point, and show them how you're going to align with goals that you know that they have, it's going to get ignored, right? And then everybody's telling us that all of the messages need to be shorter, which is true for the most part, but, you know, with more of a calculative type of personality, these people, you know, they're the type of people who want to know how the sausage is made. So that means more detail, longer email explanation, you know, their risk tolerance is, is much lower. So you need to explain things to them thoroughly. So those are a few examples. And you can incorporate that knowing this about these people into the messaging. Yeah. And I think, you know, the biggest example I see is, you know, people loving their technology. So let's say you're a Salesforce partner, HubSpot partner, whatever, and you love the detail and you're a high CNS because you typically, you know, more left brain, you've come from a technical background and you love your product to death. Now talking to a business owner that's a high D in the way that you would normally talk to you and your team is going to be, you know, instant dismissal, right? Like you don't want to get through. So that's where I think using these AI tools and, you know, like you said, whatever ones you use, but incorporating them into your process. So you're making sure that you're just not talking how you would normally talk, right? You've you're tailoring your messages to the intended audience. I think that's the most uh, critical thing. And if we just focus on LinkedIn for one more moment, you do a lot of this, like, people are always talking about too much noise and, you know, we've been talking about too much email noise for, you know, ever since yeah. emails come out. Right. But are you seeing any significant change in open rates and reply rates in the, you know, the last 12 months compared to oh. beforehand? Absolutely. They're getting more and more difficult for everybody. And yeah. part of it is because, you know, the rise of sales automation tools, because how much data is increasingly accessible, you, know, you can find people's emails and, and direct dials a lot easier than you could before. But I would say the biggest hurdle that most people face is just getting their message in the inbox and not in the spam folder. Yeah. And there's a few you know critical things without getting too technical about this. But number one, like a lot of people don't even have their domain set up properly, right? So proper like SPF and DKM records. A lot of people end up sending emails from their primary domain, which is a big no-no because ultimately, you know, just a few spam complaints and then you're going to have challenges with deliverability, not just with your cold messages, but with every email that you send, even your, you know, important proposals, calendar invites, you name it. And so the spam filters have gotten, you know, more and more difficult to get around. And so that's the biggest challenge everybody's facing, you know, so having your domain set up properly, not using your primary domain, it's even possible now to identify, you know, if Paul uses Gmail or Office 365. And so you can, you know, send from an Office 365 mailbox to an Office 365 mailbox and a Gmail to Gmail, and that's going to help. A couple other things, but like sending a lot of the same messages 
is a problem. So the more personalized your messages, and you can do this with AI, you can do this manually, whatever the case is. If you're trying to do it at scale, then you definitely need like some AI tools. But you know, having variations of messages that are going out. And then the main thing is, is you can't just get a new domain and like start just firing emails, right? You've got to like scale and warm that volume and try to monitor and maintain your domain reputation. So it's a lot, you know, just to set it up, manage it and maintain it so that you're even just getting in the inbox. That's not even talking about, well, are you even targeting the right person? Is your message even any good? Like there's still, you know, things that we haven't even gone into. That's just getting the inbox. Yeah. And I think that's why it's really important. Like if you've got some experience, you've got some sales training in your background, you may have some sales experience and you want to go ahead and do this. That's okay. But I think, you know, you also seriously got to look at the fact that this is moving so fast. The AI tools are changing so often that, you know, maybe you want to get someone that is, that's all they do, right? Because you've already got your workload full with the technology piece as it is, because let's face it, implementing technology change and people change is never easy. So that's already complicated. And then you go into a whole new field. So, you know, that's why I think it's really important to make sure you're assessing different options. And if someone is actually really questioning you, if you're the right client, you're probably going to have better success. Like Lydium and Colin said, he's really pre-qualifying his clients to make sure he gets success. If you're talking to a company and they're not doing that, typically... Uh, just a churn and burn type firm. So just be really careful of that. Just quickly, the last uh, question here before we go to the rapid fire is a lot of my clients are looking for who's using a software. So they might be a Zoho partner. They might be a Salesforce partner. I want to know if someone's using that tool. Do you know of any platforms that help you identify what tool someone's actually using? Yeah, yeah. So Built With is a great platform. You know, at Lidium, we have an API into their system and it's a data tool that we use. It's one of the best ones for identifying web technologies that people are using. And, you know, you can buy data sets, you can leverage their API. There's a lot of different ways that you can use it. Or a lot of the data tools like the Zoom Infos and the Seamless and the Apollos and stuff, they have, you know, a lot of that technology piece built into their product as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The only thing we've had built with is I think general rule, it's nearly like $300 US a month. So you've got to have some volume and making sure you're getting a really good ROI. Whereas a tool like Polo, which we use, Apollo.io, I find that that's a little more affordable to get to that. But yeah, I think that's some good tools and good recommendations. So now we're going to go to the rapid fire. You're ready for four questions that you're going to give rapid responses to? Yeah, let's do it. All right, great. So the first one is what are some of the daily sales habits you do in your role at Ledium? Well, I would say focus on RGAs, revenue generating activities. So that yeah. could be advancing pipeline or creating new pipeline. Yep, brilliant. And the next is, I know that you've got a podcast, which is the sales transformation podcast, which I listen to to get great insights. But what do you listen to, to get insights to become better at your job and, and your business? I mean, I love podcasts, but lately I've been really into audiobooks. Yeah. So right now I'm listening to The Jolt Effect. Right. And we had one of the authors of The Jolt Effect on the podcast. So I'll put in the show notes who that is, but he was fantastic. The next one is, if I could grant you one wish for your role at Ledium, what would that be? To only send me qualified inbound leads. <laughs> yes. It would save me the hassle of disqualifying so many people. <laughs> Yeah, don't we all? And it's the last a full-time one, job disqualifying folks. You yeah, know? And, like and look, said, if you're listening and you're like, wow, you know, you should be disqualifying people. It's it's a powerful thing. 
and it's going to allow you to focus on the people that you can serve best and disqualifying early is a skill that you should master and it's definitely worth it because the last thing you want to do is be spinning your rails with, you know, a deal you shouldn't have been working on in the first place or even signing a deal that's not a good deal. Yeah, or spending all your time following up on something that was never going to happen yeah. in the first place, right? That's all. Yeah. You know, the only thing you've got is time and that's valuable time that you're wasting. So I totally agree. The last one is, you know, you've been in sales for 13 years now. You've worked in 22 experiences that you've got on LinkedIn, which is wonderful. You know, what's one thing you know now that you wish you had known earlier? I think investing in your personal brand is something I didn't take that seriously early on in entrepreneurship. Everything I did was just kind of brute force sales. And there really is a power in, you know, building your brand and your reputation. And I think that focusing on that early on would have been great. I'm glad I'm do I do it now. But, you know, if you're somebody who doesn't pay a lot of attention or put a lot of effort into building and growing your personal brand, trust me, it's worth it. And it does pay off, but it also does take time and patience. Yeah, look, I, I totally agree. So uh, you've been listening to Colin Mitchell from Leadium, episode 505. And as I said, check out his daily podcast. So uh, there's a new series coming up at the Sales Transformation Podcast. You can find it on whatever you listen to. I prefer Pocket Cast as my, and I found it on there. And that normally is harder to find. So you'll find it everywhere else. Great graphics as well. And uh, also it's got a new book coming out called Outbound Sales Simplified, which is what we all need. You've got a bit of a dose of that today, but follow up with Colin to get more of that. So Colin, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on and really appreciate it. Look, it's a great podcast and it's a lot of work to put on a good show. So anybody who's listening, you know, make sure you share the show with your friends and write a good, honest review. Hey, spoken like a great podcaster. Thanks, Colin. That was a great interview with Colin. I love the fact that, yes, we all know about AI, but he gave some great examples of doing it. That disqualification is so important. You know, he mentioned it multiple times and it's really important for you. And you get a good company like Ledium to do the outbound for you. They're going to be really precious around that. And overall, whatever you learned from Colin, why don't you share it on socials, in particular on LinkedIn. He'll love you for that. Also, as he said at the end, share it with your peers, right? Because there's real gold here. So why don't you share it with them? They'll think you're a rock star. Also check out our solo shows and see you next time on the show for more quick and simple ways to grow your tech consulting business and live more of the life you want right now. Time for action. Subscribe, comment, and let me know what you like best about this episode. Plus, get your exclusive show extras and growth action guides for subscribers only. Visit techconsultantsblueprint.com.